Hey, welcome everybody. Look, at, it's good to be here. I hope you all are in good mood because we got a great show coming up. As you can see, I have made the move. After three years of putting this room, this little area together, I finally moved in here. Um, the sound is a lot better in here. It's a lot cooler in this room. And uh, so I won't be sweltering on real hot days. And um, I'm glad to be here. Uh, I had some lighting issues I was dealing with this weekend and putting stuff together in here. And as you can see, the mic's even in different positions. So things had to switch up a little bit. But it's exciting to be in here, and I'm glad to be here today. My name is Charlotte. I will be your host tonight for the next hour or so. And I have a great guest coming in, Scott Mitchell. If you guys have ever wondered about alien, space aliens like I have and uh, wondered what they really were, uh, because you know a lot of the reports, um, you know, were of, of uh, you know they can travel through walls, they can do all this magical stuff. But how can they do all this magical stuff? Is it technology, or is there another reason for it? And my guest tonight is going to tell us what he thinks is another reason for it. And I'm kind of leaning towards that. I I heard him on another show, and I was just absolutely intrigued by what he had to say about this topic. So let me zoom in here with you guys because I'm I'm further from the screen, so I'm going to be zooming in so I can read your comments. Kind of a different layout for me. And then I'm going to bring our guest in. Maybe not. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Got to get my buttons good. Hello, Scott. How you doing? Hi, Charlotte. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. I, I just, like I said earlier, I just moved in here. I was, in, I was in the other room. So we're just getting the bugs out of this room. It's so funny you say that. I recently relocated my studio in my home as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of adjustments and tinkering and all yeah. that going on, you know. I, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about yourself, sir. Well, I um, I got started uh, preaching Bible classes years ago. Uh, probably been doing it for 40 years, just about. Uh, ultimately, ended up moving to Texas where I began to pastor a church. But then um, after years of teaching, I realized that some things were going on that just didn't seem to make sense. Kind of you alluded to that a moment ago. with that. Mm -hmm. and, and lately, it seems like um, the world has sort of just taken a turn to crazy. And so I thought this would probably be a good time to talk about uh, things that generally aren't spoken of. So I started the Bible Mysteries podcast. Uh, I've been a pastor, pastoring a church for over 20 years, but... Um, we decided to start this podcast, and uh, I was amazed at the response it's gotten and the number of people that are interested in learning those things in the Bible that generally are not spoken of or talked about in traditional church settings and things like that. And uh, many of those things are right there in the scriptures, but churches just don't want to 
get into the giants and the aliens and things like that. So we, we decided to tackle that. And that's what we've been having fun with for the last uh, year or so. That's fascinating. Now, like you say, a lot of Christians don't want to touch that kind of topic. Mm-hmm. What made you want to do it? I mean, what, what, what really, you know, pulled you into it? Well, I've always sort of been interested in the unusual, you know, as a kid, I was one of those kids that loved dinosaurs and, things like that, and space. Uh, in fact, I think at one point uh, in my life growing up, I was determined to be a marine biologist. I was My dream would have been to work on the Calypso with Jacques Cousteau, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, fate took a different turn. I ended up going into music. So I actually made a career in music for quite a while uh, before I decided traveling was not my forte. And then after a few other career changes, I decided to start preaching. And I've always felt this urge to tell uh, what I see in the Bible, but uh, I was uh, intrigued by um, shows like The X Files mm-hmm. and uh, Coast to Coast with Art Bell. Back in those days, it was Art, you know, and uh, used to listen to those things. And always thought, you know, there's there seems to be almost a misdirection with that. We're looking mm-hmm. in the wrong place for the answers, you know. Instead of trying to figure out are these little green men from Mars, mm-hmm. maybe. There's a Bible answer, and sure enough, I think I found some. Well, you know, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm I'm a paranormal investigator. I have a team here in Sacramento, and when I started reading some of these UFO, some of these um, alien encounters that people have been having, you know, when they come back and how they're walking through walls and all this, and I thought, you know, I don't see how an alien is going to be able to walk through a wall. So that's so that's when I, I, you know, when I heard you on on that on the show, that's what got me to thinking, and I thought, you know. What you said made a lot of sense to me. Yeah, th- that would mean that, in my opinion, these would have to be hyperdimensional beings rather than mm-hmm. flesh and blood as we are, because we can't go through a wall. Right. But when you think about uh, if you if you take the account of like the, the New Testament, after mm-hmm. Christ rose from the dead, he appeared in the middle of the room with the remaining disciples just like that. Now, a normal mm-hmm. body can't do that, but maybe a resurrected body or spiritual body can. So there's evidence in the scriptures to show that, and we'll get into this at some point when you want to discuss sure. it, but uh, there's uh, to show that there was an entire civilization of angels on this earth before God even made man. And they are probably of that hyper-dimensional or alter, alterate, alternate dimensional being, you know, substance. Well, why don't we start getting into that? Because you have a lot to say. I know you have a lot to say. And, you know, and um, let's talk about those angels that never here on earth before man, before man was even created. Right. So most people that are at least somewhat familiar with the Bible know that it kind of opens with the phrase in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the next verse shows that in Genesis one, verse two, that the earth is without form and void. There's darkness upon the face of the deep. And Spirit of God moves upon the face of the water. So you've got three things there that don't seem to add up to the traditional Christian interpretation of that. It's like they're saying, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and here's how he did it. He started with a formless, shapeless mass of glob with covered in water and darkness, and he brought the earth out. Mm-hmm. But why would, if God is God, why would he need to start with a formless, shapeless anything why did there need to be water and where did it come from? And why was there darkness when darkness is the opposite of light, right? 
So what we find out is if we dig and look at other scriptures, and that's how we have to understand the Bible, instead mm -hmm. of trying to interpret it with our own mentality, we compare verses to other verses. And the Bible will interpret itself, at least that's my contention. And so we find out that God created the earth to be inhabited and his ways are perfect. So there would have been no need for him to start with anything imperfect. So the earth became imperfect. And what we find out was that water and that darkness was the result of a flood, a global cataclysmic flood that was God's destruction or his wrath upon an earth that went bad. And he created man to replace the original occupants of this planet. Very interesting. <clears throat> now, those occupants, we have to conclude, would have been some of the angelic host, because the Bible says in the book of Job, one of the oldest books of the Bible, that when God laid the foundation of the earth, the angels shouted and the sons of God uh, sang for joy, or they sang and shouted for joy. And the only reason they would have done that is they were witnesses to it. So it would appear that he made heaven and the inhabitants thereof. And then he made the earth. And it was such a spectacle that they just cheered and applauded like a wonderful act of, of a beautiful orchestration had been made, you know. And they cheered and also were joyful because he was making them a home upon which to dwell. So you've studied paranormal, and I'm sure you've looked into things like Atlantis and Machu Picchu mm -hmm. and all that. Right. And it's very possible that some of these ancient ruins, as we call them, may have in fact been angelic civilizations that built them uh, before God even made man. But what happened was there was a particular angel who was somewhat in charge of the whole thing. He was like the king of the earth at that time, but he wasn't satisfied with that position, I would say. Mm -hmm. He wanted more. What he wanted was to be God. He wanted to be worshiped. His name was Lucifer. And he was a cherub, according to the book of Ezekiel. And he decided he would wanted to, he wanted to take over and usurp the throne of God. So he convinced one third of all of the angels to join him in a rebellion. And there was literally a war, a war, a spiritual battle <clears throat> between God and his angels and what became known as the dragon or Satan mm -hmm. and his angels. And they lost that battle and God relegated them to what we would call the starry heavens, uh, the second heaven, outer space, whatever you want to call it, you know. And they're referred to as spiritual wickedness in high places. So you think about high places and you think about these crafts that are, you know, evidence is being declassified now about uh, clearly technology we don't possess, uh, <clears throat> you know, the ability for a, a saucer-like object or whatever it's shaped like a tic-tac in some cases, you know, <laughs> to, to fly something like 4,000 miles an hour and, and turn on a dime or come to an instant stop and immediately accelerate it up to that speed. Well, the G-force would kill a normal human being. Mm -hmm. and, and I suspect any physical being uh, would be destroyed. So whatever these things are that are inside these crafts, uh, I would say they are the remnants of those angels or the angels themselves have um, engineered, genetically engineered something. Uh, and they've done it before and they're going to do it again, but they're in the process of doing something right now. 
and their aim is to alter humanity. I can get into why I think they did it before, and then I'll get into why I think they're doing it now. Well, but everything you say, <laughs> I can remember where everything was at. Everything you say makes <laughs> use of the mic being there. Everything you say makes a lot of sense in that. You know, when when you talk about um, possessions, even and and how people are levitated, and how people report, you know, when, when when these things come to get them on a bed, that they're that they're being literally levitated on, you know, off the bed or off the floor. Yeah, right. And, and, I mean, it would take a huge, yeah, it would take a superior being to do that. Exactly, and I think uh, even in the time of um, of of Jesus Christ's earthly ministry in Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, he healed a lot of people, but he also cast out a lot of devils, what we would call demons today. And um, they were entities that occupied the physical body of a human for some time until he cast them out. But um, there's reason to believe that their origin is different than even the angels. So what, what we're dealing with now is uh, just as there are ty different types of animals in the created world and different types of human beings. We're all humans where there's only one race, in my opinion, the human race, you know, mm -hmm. so we all bleed red, but we have different eye color, hair color, whatever, and uh, different traits, different characteristics. Well, I think that's true of these supernatural beings as well. Now, you know, you read stories of people that talk about the greys and then the reptilians and the Aryans or whatever those Nordic looking people are supposed to be. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, I would imagine if those are real, if that is true, then they're probably different manifestations of either fallen angels or devils. And so when I say fallen angels, I'm referring to those angels that joined uh, Lucifer in that rebellion. There appears to have been, once they made that choice, there was no redemption plan for them like God laid out for man, you know. So it's kind of interesting because when you read the account of this being named Lucifer, okay, he's called the anointed cherub. He was created to be a beautiful uh, being with, with this amazing um, appearance and built-in uh, musical instruments. Uh, he was covered in gold and precious stones. So he would have been something of, of like a high priest in a sense, you know, some sort of a high position, a high authority. Uh, so when he decided to rebel, God turned around and, in my opinion, destroyed the mess they made of his original creation. And we could get into maybe that's perhaps part of where dinosaurs came from and things like mm -hmm. that, you know. But whatever it was, he destroyed that and he started new. So he created the animal world and the plant world that we know now. Mm -hmm. And then he created man. But here's the funny thing. To me, it's funny. He takes man and he makes him from the dust of the earth. And he says, all right, you're Adam, you're man, and I'm going to give you dominion of the earth. So he replaced this beautiful creature covered in precious stones and gold with a dirt man, <laughs> the mud puppy. And he says, you get his position. That's God's sense of humor. That's his irony, right? Mm -hmm. And that infuriated the dragon, Lucifer, and he decided, I'm going to get that back. I want that dominion back. And of course, that's where the whole uh, temptation in the Garden of Eden came in with the serpent talking to Eve and, and uh, uh, deceiving her to take of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the thing that he tempted her with was, if you eat this, you will be like the gods, knowing good and evil. And who were the gods? 
The mm-hmm. only thing that she could have seen would have been these fallen angels. See, so that's what he's been doing ever since. He's been trying to tempt man to rebel against God and do something to alter them. I don't believe the first humans, Adam and Eve, were uh, supposed to die. They were going to live forever. They would have had bodies that were eternal bodies. When they ate of that fruit, they were genetically changed into something that could die. And that's been Satan's operation ever since then. He did a lot worse than that, but that was the start. Is he like, you know, with all these abductions where people say that they're doing these tests on them, you know, they'll see these alien babies or whatever. Is he trying to, or do you think he's trying to create like, 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 supposedly, you know, the whole thing with, with God created man in his own image. Is this what's going on that he's trying to create them in, in, into the image of, of, of the other de- of the other fallen angels? I think you're right, Charlotte. I think what's going on is that you, if you look at history as a pattern, then that's where we can make a, maybe at least a guess as to where he's going with that. So he brought death into the world when he convinced Adam to eat the wrong tree and something genetically changed. There's a really uh, brilliant uh, physician by the name of Bill Sardi, and he writes a lot about nutritional type health things. And uh, he was, I once read an article where he discussed how most animals can synthesize vitamin C from the food they eat, but we can't, Mm -hmm. human beings can't. Now he sort of referred to that as a genetic defect, but it made me think, Or is it possible that it was a defect created because we ate that fruit and it genetically changed us? Like it wasn't by design, but it was Mm -hmm. by by a mistake, you know, uh, mistake on the part of man. But whatever it was, um, and it's interesting when everything comes to full circle again, Mm -hmm. the righteous will be able to eat from the tree of life and live forever. Another tree, another fruit that's going to allow people to live in bodies that will go forever. So maybe it reverses that vitamin C thing (laughs) or something like that. But anyway, what Satan did was he introduced death through that mistake. So genetically, man was now going to die. But then after that happened, God pronounced on him that because he did that, he (laughs) said that the seed of the woman would bruise or or crush his head, meaning he would be defeated by what would eventually be born from Eve. And he didn't know which man that would be. The seed of the woman shall bruise his head, whatever. Mm -hmm. So that was one reason why the first two brothers, Cain and Abel, Abel was killed by his brother Cain because Satan induced Cain to kill him. He thought, well, if he was righteous, he might be the seed that's going to crush me. So he had him kill him. But it turns out he wasn't the seed. That was a prophetic statement. And as men began to populate, populate, there were too many of them to just say, we'll kill this, we'll kill that one. I mean, you know, Satan operates in the realm of the supernatural and we're in the natural. So he can't just come and kill you. He has to use a man to do it, you know, or war or Mm -hmm. disease or something. So he decided, I tell you what, let's go pollute the genetic bloodline of humanity. So this seed can never be born. If we turn them into hybrids, there will be no seed to stop me. They'll all be part of me. And so he sent some angels. I don't know how many, but he sent them down in the book of Genesis chapter six to take wives of human women. And the offsprings they had were giants, the Nephilim. 
And that was his attempt to infiltrate the bloodline. So you've heard of the flood of Noah, right? And Noah's right, Ark. right, right. People think man was just so bad, God had to destroy them. Well, man's just as bad now as he was back then. The reason he flooded the entire earth was because there was only one family that had pure blood. It was Noah and his sons. The rest were hybridized angel, human, Nephilim. And that's why he had to kill everything. He killed the animals too, because they were doing the same thing, chimeras. You know, they were making hybridized animals and they probably did that in the original creation before man. And that may be why dinosaurs were so violent and whatever and you know, carnivorous and there was a lot of death involved there. So um, ultimately he's establishing a pattern of messing up the bloodline. Well, he failed in that uh, because of the flood, God saved one family. But if you fast forward later, you find giants again, and they all seem to occupy the land of Canaan. And when Israel becomes a nation and God delivers them out of bondage in Egypt, he says, go mm -hmm. take the land. And he told them to kill everything. When they, when they take one city, kill everything, kill the animals, kill the, the babies, kill the, boy, the boys and girls. And you think how cruel, how harsh that is. But people don't realize they were on a plan to exterminate giants. They weren't just killing human beings. They were killing giants or hybridized mm -hmm. people. So um, it was Satan's attempt to, again, bring about this adulteration of messing up mankind. So ultimately, he wants to do that again. He was trying to do that to prevent the seed from being born, mm -hmm. which ultimately would be the man, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But since he failed in that and he accomplished what he came to do, now he wants to prevent as many people as possible from being able to be redeemed. And evidently, he's planning something so that a deception is going to take place where people are going to take some sort of an injection or mark or something and be genetically altered, and they will not be able to be saved or redeemed. And it's what people refer to as the mark of the beast. Is that, uh, and this is probably all leading to um, the, the the return of Satan on earth, correct? This is probably all that, it's all, it's, boiling, it's all boiling down to that. That's exactly right. And and you look forward now from the old prophecies to what hasn't been fulfilled yet. Mm -hmm. And we see that's the book of Revelation, for example. Right. Where it in gave me nightmares. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it certainly would. And, uh, and in Revelation chapter 12, it says there's going to be a war in heaven one more time between Michael, the archangel of God, mm -hmm. and Satan and his angels. And it looks like it's going to be the final time they engage in battle. I, it apparently is going to be about three and a half years long, fighting mm -hmm. in the starry heavens, if you will, real Star Wars, you know. And then uh, they're going to be cast down. Satan and his angels are going to be cast down to the earth. They will be defeated. Now, Satan, being the liar that he is, is not going to show up on earth and say, yeah, we tackled that Michael and his angels, but we lost. Y'all, Can y'all give us some place to live? <laughs> He's not going to say that. He's going to come down in these crafts that they occupy because you see them in the book of Ezekiel, these flying wheels, the flying saucers. Right, the flying wheels. They have them too. They have the same technology because they they were used to it for who knows how many eons before right. time began with man, you know. And so they're going to arrive and say, and here's the big deception, here's the lie, we are your ancestors. We come from some planet far away. Many millennia ago, we seeded 
apes or something and turned them into humans. And now we've come back to bring you to your next phase of evolution. If you take this potion or this mark or this injection or whatever, you will become just like us and you'll be able to live forever and you'll be intelligent and healthy and beautiful and eternally young and all that stuff. And people are going to take the mark. And once they do that, there is no turning back for them. It's like they will not be able to be redeemed in the same way. God did not redeem the, the giants mm-hmm. and he didn't redeem the fallen angels. He which only comes, offered redemption to man, which comes down to judgment day, which is what they're talking about with judgment day where so many people aren't, you know, it's, you know there's going to be, a, I'm not going to say handful, but you know, a, a decent amount of people are going to be go, go with God and the rest are going to be in, in turmoil. That's right. Yeah. And the ultimate end in that judgment, in that final judgment, it's it's going to be that all who have ever died are going to stand before God to give an account of the things that they did. And I don't want to be one of those. <laughs> I would not I would never measure up, you know. So uh, that's why God provided a substitute. So in Christ, we have this redemption through him dying in our place, becoming guilty in our place and taking the the penalty for our crimes when he died, but it was, it was sufficient to pay the penalty. So he, God raised him from the dead and he offers that gift of salvation to anybody. And when we talk about the word salvation, you know, people get a little religious with it and they don't need to because it just means deliverance from the wrath to come. So in other words, if we don't have that redemption, Pretty soon, God is going to stop holding back. The battle is going to start, I just mentioned, and he's Mm -hmm. going to pour his wrath out on the earth. And all those that rejected his truth are going to have to go through what you described earlier as a nightmarish time on the earth. Fascinating. And then Jesus, of course, is going to cut. It's going to come back down to earth if he's Mm -hmm. not here already. Well, you think he might be here till the end of that time of wrath, seven years. Okay. 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 Yeah. For so the whenever judgment it begins, it'll be seven years. Right, 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 right. So do you think, I mean, with all that's going on, you know, with the supposed experiments that are going on, on these, you know, on these encounters, do you think he's conditioning people is what he's doing? He's, he's trying to gather enough people to condition them for what's to come. Oh, absolutely. And he's got at his disposal, unfortunately, now what I would call and what I do call the satanic global elite. Mm-hmm. So there are people that have so much money, you know, we're talking about the, the multi-billionaires like the Bill Gateses and the George Soroses and the Warren Buffetts or whoever, Rothschilds, Rockefellers. I mean, you know, you can get all the conspiracy that you want to drag into it that you want. But we're talking about so much money that who needs that much money? Right. Right. And, and, and if they have that, there's a, a really interesting passage and not many people are aware of this, but. Before Jesus, the man, began his ministry, he was tempted for 40 days in the wilderness. You might be familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And he fasted those 40 days. And during that time, the devil appeared to him. And one of the things he said was that he took him up to a high mountain and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. So time travel is possible with these hyperdimensional beings, right? And then he said... He showed him all the glory of all the kingdoms. So I would assume that has to be every kingdom from mm-hmm. you know, Egypt to whatever at the time to America and China today and Britain and whatever. And he said, it can all be yours if you'll worship me. 
I'll give you all the power and the glory of it. It's mine to give, and I can give it to whoever I want. This is in Luke chapter 4. Now, Christ, of course, rejected him, and he said, get thee behind me, Satan. He was content to wait for God's kingdom and let God give him the throne. But since Satan offered that to Christ, there's no reason to doubt that he wouldn't offer it to anybody else. So as far as I'm concerned, the people that have this amazing amount of power and wealth and political control have given themselves over to Satan. And they'll, the media will never tell you that, but they are going to be his pawns to bring about this entire worship system of, this, of the devil when he comes down. They're going to be the ones to say, yes, these are, in fact, our alien ancestors. They're going to be a part of the deception. And you're seeing it happen right now, right before our eyes. That's what I was going to ask you, because the stuff that's been going on, you know, all, the, all these shootings, you know, all, all this all this infighting with everybody, that has to be, and if it's what you're talking about, that has to be part of what you're talking about, that he's already infiltrating his 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 minions in, or in his, in his hybrids in amongst us to cause all this. It, it really is. If you think about the fact that ultimately in the book of Revelation, 10 kings are going to give their power to the beast which is the, the Antichrist, the man of sin, which is Satan's right-hand guy. Well, then who could have that much control of, of how many nations are there? Nearly 200 or 180 or something mm -hmm. nations, right? So how are all these autonomous nations going to come under the control of 10 different kings? Well, what if the kings are tech oligarchs? I mean, there are companies that have so many billions of dollars in revenue, they can control national policy. And that's what's happening now. You think about the Zuckerbergs and the Bezos and the uh, whoever. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, the I'm not even sure Zuckerbergs is a human. He already he may already be one of those hybrids because he looks like an alien to me, <laughs> you know, just personally. But uh, there's something strange about that guy. And uh, and all of these people are going to ultimately. I don't know if it's these specific ones, but they're ultimately ultimately going to have that kind of money and control to bring about national policy. And even the United States is kowtowing to them. Um, I was just thinking while, while you were, while you were saying that when you go through uh, back to the apocalypse, you know, in, in, in revelation, you know, we just had this, this COVID thing happen. Mm -hmm. And now what was it about a week ago, uh, somebody had had contracted the bird flu and they mm -hmm. were trying to trace it down. Yeah. Is, I mean, is that, uh, is that part of it starting to roll out? Because now, you know, we're looking at now the COVID, you know, they're kind of settling that down supposedly. And now you've got this bird flu scare that maybe that might be loose now. Yeah. There's going to be so much coming out eventually about the pandemic that was not revealed in the beginning. And of course they're going to say we didn't know, but I, I think this was probably planned. I think it was either an accident or a biological weapon. And I, and I don't want to say that the vaccines are the mark of the beast or anything like that. I don't believe that's it at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, we have every right to scrutinize what's what we're being fed, the information right. we're being fed, and we should use as much due diligence as we can. But if this was anything, it was a means test by the satanic global elite to see just how much they can ma manipulate the human population with fear. And I believe we failed that test. We proved that we can be so easily manipulated by fear that we'll do just about anything they lie and tell us to do. So this was just a, 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 a trial run. This was a dress rehearsal. 
when the real thing comes down, that's going to be that genetically altering thing that will cause people to lose their ability to be redeemed. It's very interesting. This is all fascinating to me. Um, what do you see happening in, in the next year? Because I know they're going to, they're starting to come click. They're starting to come, supposedly come clean with, with these UFO things that, you know, they're being yeah. seen. But what do you see happening? Well, it's very likely that we're going to see more unveiling of evidence uh, from so-called official sources, because mm -hmm. they're probably now trying to condition us to accept what's coming. You know, for example, um, for the longest time, religion sort of had control of the minds of men. Mm -hmm. And then the age of rationality sort of came in and science sort of took over. And at some point, science, you know, started to see things differently than they were in the scripture and people abandoned faith and they went with what they thought was fact. But sometimes science presents as fact that which is really a theory. So if you take evolution, for example, it's right. been taught as a fact for so long, but it's getting more and more difficult for scientists to defend the theory of evolution because that's all it ever really was. Right. The, the transitional forms and the, and the fossil record just have not been found. And so they can't support it any longer. Well, they're not going to turn around and say, well, we were wrong and the Bible was right. So they're going to find an alternative. And what's going to happen is that the new paradigm and the new scientific fact is going to be alien seeding that, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, they're almost accepting intelligent design as a possibility for the creation of, of, of the existence of the universe, but they're not ready to attribute it to a deity. So right. a, high, a super intelligent being or race of aliens can come and that would allow them to say, well, then yes, maybe, we randomly became, you know, fish in a pond somehow, but they seeded us and altered and genetically manipulated our DNA. So when these angels do come down and claim to be aliens, the public will have been conditioned scientifically to think, oh, this is the culmination of that. This is the next stage. But they've already been here. I mean, when you go back, when you look at um, Chariots of the Gods, you know, and he talks about the, the, the carvings of the ancient Egyptians and the, and the ancients, you know, with, with the astronauts and, and the capsules. They've obviously already been here interacting. Well, they've been here interacting since the beginning, uh, even mm -hmm. from the, the serpent <laughs> in the garden. No doubt yeah. about that. But have they been successful? I mean, they're, they make mistakes, too. And sometimes their plans are thwarted by God. He always checkmates them, you know, in the game. Yeah. So if their attempt was to infiltrate the bloodline of human DNA with angel DNA and the Nephilim became so populate, populated that the world became filled with violence through them and God had to destroy it with a flood, well, then he always, he had, he always had somebody, Noah mm -hmm. in this case, you know, that he can use to start again. And so no matter how many times they visited and how many times they've done what they've done, they've never been successful on a grand scale of manipulating human DNA to the point where it can thwart God's plans. Mm -hmm. But the culmination of that's going to be ultimately when this thing takes place, because even Jesus said before he comes back, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the son of man himself. And he says in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the flood came and took them all away. The only reference to marriage in the days of Noah 
is Genesis chapter six with the sons of God and the daughters of men. Wow. And there's a reference in the book of Daniel to something that says they're going to mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave unto them in Daniel chapter two. I believe all of that is pointing to the fruition of Satan and his fallen angels experiments. So all these abductions and things, most of them involve the experimentation on people's sex organs. Yes. Reproductive things. And they're, they're always trying to find ways to create because they're not creators. You know, these are created beings. So they're mm -hmm. trying to find ways to be and emulate God always, but they can't quite get it right. They can't make a beautiful person. They can't make a baby. They can't make a dove. They can't make a cat. So they have to make something that's distorted and it's usually a, a, a monster, you know? Right. Or, or these, these star children that they claim are star children, you know, the ones with the bigger foreheads and the, and the big eyes. That yeah. people say are the, are the hybrids. Which could be the angels themselves, could be the, the demoniac mm -hmm. spirits, which evidently are the disembodied spirits of those giants. Right. They, they're just, they're actually disembodied spirits from all these dead Nephilim that were perished in the flood. Or they are some sort of manufactured genetic hybrid being, like maybe greys or something that were genetically engineered they're not really they're not really a lot living entities they're they're almost like androids in a sense you know like the dark-eyed children that people see the black-eyed children yeah exactly yeah they're, yeah they're demonic no matter where you look that i believe right. they're all satanic and not anything for us to be welcoming or looking for new technology and to gain you know peace on earth and goodwill towards men <laughs> through them well, I can I can agree with that 100. percent um, What do you think? I mean, people are obviously gullible, and they're they're going to fall for this hook, line, and sinker. I mean, that's a given. You can see, you know, what's what's happened over the last couple of years. Is there going to be pain inflicted? I mean, for the people that don't follow him, is he going to punish the people that don't follow him? You mean God Himself? No, Satan. Satan. Oh, yeah. He's going to persecute. So if we separate humanity into believers and unbelievers, mm -hmm. just for simplicity's sake, just to right. allow ourselves to categorize them in, a, in an easy way, then the unbelievers are Christians, if you will. People that unbelievers in Satan's way, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm flipping the coin here, are going right. to be the ones that he deems to be infidels. So mm -hmm. he's going to persecute what he would call the unbelievers. In reality, they're the believers in God's plan of redemption. So they would be the righteous, the saints, whatever you want to call them, uh, Christians or, uh, um, you know, uh, children of the most high, you know, either way you want to call it. But he despises that. He hates God. He wants to be God and he wants to be worshiped as God. So he wants men's worship. He's going to do everything he can to get it. And therefore, those things that stand in his way, he's got to get rid of. Now, he can't just, Satan himself just can't step into the room and kill a Christian. He's going to use other human beings to do it because, he, again, he's in a different realm. He's in mm -hmm. another dimensional realm. Uh, but he would, just as he used Cain to kill Abel, he would use men to persecute other men, as he's done throughout history. Interesting, interesting. 
So what got you thinking about all this? I mean, we talked about that kind of earlier, but I mean, this this is this is a lot to think about, and and you know, obviously as a Christian and as a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a normal thing a pastor thinks about. That's true. Well, the first thing that I noticed was um, would have to be the uh, that passage in the very beginning of the Bible that talks about this darkness and the water being on the earth Mm -hmm. uh, right after he said he created heaven and earth. And so that always bothered me that the standard message was, okay, here's how he did it. He started with a mess and he turned it into something nice. And that didn't seem like God's character. Why would he ever need anything imperfect? And why Mm -hmm. would there ever be any darkness with him? You know? Mm -hmm. So as I began to ponder that, then I began to see that, no, there was some amount of, for lack of a better term, time between when he created heaven and earth and when it became a mess. And it became a mess as a result of his own wrath and vengeance. The very phrase used uh, in the in the King James Bible is without form and void to describe the earth in that in that condition. And the only other two times it's used in the Bible is for divine judgment. So putting two and two together, there was divine judgment then as well. And then you have to ask, well, what was judged? He hadn't made man yet. So the whole idea of coming to realize, no, there was a world occupied before man. And that began to open the doors to looking into this further. And then I used to read it and never really thought much about it. Genesis 6, there were giants. Uh, Read one of the best books I've ever read on that subject by Ryan Peterson, Mm -hmm. uh, Judgment of the Nephilim. Uh, He's got a second one, second volume coming out soon. If you really want a good book, that's a good one to read. Excuse me. And he explains that whole thing about how they came along and and what what occurred there. So um, when I read that, that started to open up even more possibilities in my head. And then, again, my lifelong fascination with things like space travel and, uh, you know, science and nature and all that started getting me to put things together. So I feel like it was just, to be honest with you, and I suddenly started thinking, I mean, at first I started thinking I'm a nut and I'm the only guy that thinks this way. (laughs) And when I started talking about it publicly, I started running into a lot of other people that think this way. And there's a Gary Stearman from Prophecy Watchers in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And there's a lot of great people out there, uh, Marzulli, L.A. Marzulli. And and, uh, there's, there's a number of folks out there that they're all coming to these same conclusions. And even even um, uh, George Nori had me on, you mm-hmm. know, and, and where he's from a group of people that are thinking in the past when prophets wrote of angels, what they were actually seeing was aliens. I take the opposite approach. No, they they were seeing angels that were appearing as aliens. <laughs> you know, fallen angels are going to appear as aliens. So while some of these guys are thinking that aliens are going to come back and they're they're expecting that. I'm saying, no, don't fall for that. It's not alien technology. It is satanic technology that's coming, you know. And, quite, and something that just came to mind, too, is, you know, when people think of fallen angels, they automatically think of, of Lucifer. But mm-hmm. he's not the only fallen angel, is he? No, no, there were many. So in the Bible, it says that the angels are without numbers. So it means there's so many of them, you can't put a number to it. You could take a census and estimate the billions of people on the earth, but there apparently are more than that can be counted of angels. So take that number, however large it is, and take one third of them and carve them off of the of the main group. And they joined Lucifer in the rebellion. And you got to figure 
if these were the angels that watched God create the earth and they know he's the creator and they mm -hmm. know that they can't create and they sang for joy when he laid the foundations of the earth, you've got to ask yourself, what could Lucifer have told them to convince them to join him? What could mm -hmm. he have possibly offered them? And have you ever heard the expression, money is the root of all evil? Yes. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Because money itself is just a tool. Right. You can use it for good or for evil. But the love of money is the root of all evil. When men love money, that's when power goes to their head and they do mm -hmm. bad things. Well, what do you think tempted these angels to join Lucifer? The love of money. You think, well, what, what need would angels have had with money? Well, according to the, uh, the Bible, there was merchandise and traffic on the earth before God made man. In other words, power, glory, honor, wealth. And mm -hmm. God has a city that he's ultimately going to bring down from heaven to the earth that is so amazing. It's called New Jerusalem. And it is 1,500 cubic miles. <clears throat> Streets of gold. Gates of Pearls, I mean, all these things. It's an amazing thing. You can read it in the book of Revelation and its description of every precious stone and all this kind of thing. It's gigantic. So God is wealthy. So see, Satan wants that wealth. He wants that power and the glory, and he wants the money. <laughs> of course he does. So the angels were given, you know, hey, you follow me, I'll make you Ra, and I'll make you Apollo, and I'll make you Zeus, and I'll make you Ishtar, and I'll make you Astaroth, and whatever. And then uh, and to men, he says, well, I can't make you a God, but I can make you rich. I can make you control Amazon. I can make you control Facebook. And I can make you control whatever, you know, and that's what you're seeing today. And that's what, you know, I was thinking about that, too, is that they say that some of these hybrid children um, have, have, have powers, you know, where you get a lot of psychics, you know, psychics and stuff out of them. And is that because he's, he's giving them just a little bit of power to, to, you know, to help control things? That, that's got to be part of it. Because obviously, if the Nephilim were the giants, they were supernaturally strong and big. Mm -hmm. So they had powers above an average human. Uh, mm -hmm. And then maybe now they're not physically manifested that way. As time has gone on, you know, our lifespan has gotten dramatically shorter when Adam lived 930 years and we barely live 80, you know, years, uh, right. you know, so <clears throat> something obviously deteriorated in the human condition, probably genetics. And then, uh, ultimately, um, uh, he was limited in what Satan was limited in what he could do with us, genetically speaking, but by offering, uh, demonic, uh, access, and mm -hmm. men has always had that witchcraft, sorcery, black magic, any of those things allow men to control devils and demons to some extent. And uh, they're called familiar spirits in the Bible. So when you get familiar with one of these spirits, they might allow you to use them to manipulate things, for example, levitation or right. whatever. And uh, who knows what else? Foreseeing mm -hmm. things, you know. Uh, telepathy, what you know, stuff like that. Interesting, interesting. Have you talked to anybody that's um, been abducted by, by by any aliens and, and kind of uh, you know asked them or talked to them about your theory? 
I've never had the opportunity to speak to somebody who's literally been abducted. I've talked to quite a few people that have seen crafts and seen mm -hmm. things, but I'm looking forward to talking to somebody, you know, like a Whitley Strieber or somebody like that. Right, uh, right, right. If I could ever have the opportunity, I would love to interview them on my podcast uh, and discuss what they saw and put some connection for them if I can uh, to what may have been happening from us from the spiritual realm rather than from a, a alien realm, you know? Well, what I find fascinating, I've, I've interviewed star children before, you know, I, I've interviewed people that have been aboard the cruise, allegedly, because I'm a journalist, allegedly, it was allegedly in my life, you know, been aboard the craft. And some have said that they have seen children that look like them, hybrid, hybrid children. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt that if, again, they're manipulating genetics. Ultimately, mm -hmm. their plan is to find something that can turn a human being into, you, you know, it's interesting. There's a, um, there's a point in the book of revelation where a certain plague comes upon men that have taken the mark. Mm -hmm. and, and so in other words, there must be something genetically different about them for other human beings who've not taken the mark to not be affected by this disease. Mm -hmm. this plague or whatever it's a it's some sort of a pestilence that happens and so whatever that mark is must change them physically to be susceptible to the particular wrath that god is going to pour out so he's got something prepared for them <clears throat> therefore whatever is going on they're making changes to human dna and they, the experiments are going on right now ai and genetics are two of the most frightening technologies that i can think of at the moment I agree with you 100% on that. Um, just like this bringing people to life thing that, that, that they're working on, you oh. know, where they could actually restore somebody's life. That's crazy. Heaven help us. Heaven help us if yeah. they, they do that. Because that means they're reanimating dead tissues. Yes. And uh, you don't know what's – I would suspect that whatever that person is, they're not going to be the same. It's almost like invasion of the body snatchers, you know. There's some pod that's going to take their place or whatever. And it'll probably be a demonic spirit. Well, yeah, you got to think about that because with the brain, you know, once the brain loses oxygen, that's it. There's the, the, the brain; they're not going to be the same. Parts of the brain are going to be fried out unless they're able to do something with the brain to reactivate all that somehow. But I mean, you know, right. they're going to lose memory and everything's going to be gone. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be like a Frankenstein thing where they don't remember anything. Exactly. My understanding is when the brain brain loses oxygen, you're either dead or you run for office. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with that too, hundred <laughs> percent. I never thought about it that way, but that's cool. That's the coolest <laughs> thing I've heard. I can remember that to 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 sing some of my political friends with. Wow, this is gone, right? You know what? I, I want to hear more yet today, man. I'm so I'm so intrigued uh, with all this. Um, how long is it taking you to do this research to figure all this out? Well, I, I guess I've been looking into it most of my life, to be honest with you. Um, I was uh, I became a Christian at the age of about 20. So right. uh, I, I didn't immediately start digging into this thing, but I've always had a fascination with the Bible, with science and, and trying to find some way to bring these two together in outer space. But um, so I guess I've been incubating it most of my life. But I really started when I got the idea for the podcast is when I started going, you know what? I really need to find a way to present this in a fashion. And that's where I came up with the little slogan about, are you ready to take the red pill? Because, you know, I, I'm borrowing it, of course, from the matrix, but it's the idea that if we keep 
thinking the way we're thinking, we're just going to be led like sheep to the slaughter and the deception mm -hmm. is going to be the blue pill. But if we will stop and go, wait a minute, we, I need to question this. I'm just trying to get people to question and to think for themselves and say, you know, if I will look into the scripture and if I, if you can use that as some, some source of authority, because what's authoritative anymore? You know, you, you can't trust the media. You can't trust the government. You know, you really can't trust science anymore. And there's even a phrase in the Bible called science falsely so-called. And I think we've proven that's been manifested at least this year or the last year or so. So we need something that can give us evidence. But more importantly, we need something that can give us hope. And that's why I decided to start the podcast. So I guess two years ago is when I really began full force and putting a plan together. And we started our first episode back in September. So we we haven't even hit um, a full year yet. And we're at something like uh, 18,000 some odd subscribers already. Wow. You know? wow. So I, I, I've never expected to get to a thousand, much less you know, any more than that. And something like um, 80 countries, you know, have downloaded uh, the episodes. So I think there's such a hunger for this. There's a, there people want to know this. They want to look for something. And maybe it's that maybe the timing is right that God's revealing this to a number of individuals. I'm not the only one, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I'm just one little guy, but uh, maybe there's a bunch of people that are suddenly starting to get this word out because it seems like the time is right. You know, 400 years ago, the need to know this wasn't as important as just to get the word of God in an English Bible, you know, uh, and free for men to read. Uh, that was the, you know, the printing press was invented, you know, and that kind of thing was mm -hmm. just starting to happen. So the, the, as technology advances, the needs advance and the, what we need to know changes. And I think God is saying, OK, it's time. It's time for you all to know this. So maybe that's what's going on. Maybe I had a question too because you we um you know over the, the the beginning of man from earlier you talked about the dinosaurs did God create the dinosaurs and why would He do that You know that is something I'm going to do some research in so I'm going to be fair and tell you that I don't have really good answers for that yet I do the best I can with the subject matter that I've studied on this one I haven't dedicated a direct study for it yet but I plan to and so here's my my uneducated working theory. I don't mind okay. sharing this with you, but I reserve the right to go back and correct myself. <laughs> so what I think is the world that God created before man was probably as perfect and beautiful as anything we could imagine. And when Lucifer rebelled and the third of the angels joined him in that rebellion, they probably so corrupted God's creation, just as they attempted to do with the Nephilim and other types of chimeras in, in our in humanity's uh, experience, so mm -hmm. did he probably corrupt. So it's very possible that since it's clear from the fossil record that there were carnivores eating herbivores and the herbivores were evidently big lumbering creatures that were plant eaters and gentle and the carnivores, something like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, which never made any sense that he had these tiny little claws, you know, up front. That looks like a bad design flaw. And I'm not sure God would design something that bad. I, I think mm -hmm. that's more likely to be an, an adulteration of his original creation that Satan and his angels manipulated. And it became such a mess. You know, even scientists think the, the dinosaurs were wiped out because an asteroid hit the earth. Well, maybe they're not far off. Maybe it was God saying, you know what? 
I can't tolerate this another minute. And boom, he flooded that mess. And uh, we can talk all day another time about the the water <laughs> in heaven that came down the, the sea of glass and all that stuff and where that water came from. But there is a gigantic ocean of water above uh, the planet in the in the outer space. And it's literally the floor of heaven, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a possibility about right. the dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Because I'm curious because obviously they, they came first and then. Right, because then they came first, and you had Adam and Eve come, and then it, it would appear that way. Now there are New Age creationists that think that dinosaurs roamed the Earth with men, and they'll claim that they found footprints of men and dinosaurs, you know, right next to each other. And I don't know how much of that is true. I've read a lot of stuff from New Creationists, and they they all reject the idea that the Earth is anything other than six thousand years old. And when mm -hmm. the fossil records clearly showing showing something different. They say God created the earth to have the appearance of age. And that just doesn't make sense to me. You know, why would he need to do that? Why does the earth need to have the appearance of right, age? Right, right. Now my question. <laughs> but the fossil record shows death and destruction all through it. So right. that would seem to match the Bible record of actual Satan and his angels. Right. Now I have a question too. For the people that, you know, I know there's, there's been thousands and thousands abducted by, by these aliens or whatever they are. You know, fallen angels. Is there any way that they can resist? Well, that's why I want to talk to somebody okay. <laughs> who's been okay. abducted. You know, I would like right. to know what it is because I think, for one thing, if a person is saved and they are sealed by the Spirit of God, the devil doesn't want anything to do with you other than to prevent you from being a light of God's truth. So mm -hmm. I would think that most people that and I don't know this, but I would think that most people that have, have been abducted may have somehow unintentionally, perhaps, or unknowingly opened a door to a spiritual realm. And it could have been something in their family's history. It could have been something in a house. And we talk about being haunted, you know, but right, maybe, right, maybe right. there was some artifact or something. But that was like a talisman of some kind for for the, another dimension. And I, I tend to think that there was probably something satanic that they might not have been aware of. Like, for example, I know a woman that uh, was never abducted to my knowledge, but had a fairly normal life uh, until uh, she met a certain person. And that certain person was um, known to be a, uh, a pretty uh, a, a powerful warlock in the uh, central Texas area. And uh, she and a friend didn't know anything about him and who he was, but they were invited to go to a party he, he was at. And from that point forward in her life, she began to have apparitions and visits of demonic things and all sorts of strange and supernatural. So a door was opened, a portal was opened in her life. And like I said, she was never abducted, but I don't think Satan limits his activities to just that. Mm -hmm. He has all manner of, of devices that he uses. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. It would be interesting to talk to somebody and see if, if they have tried to, to resist going. Because yeah. all, all the account I, all the accounts I've read is that they've gone willingly. Even though they didn't want to go, like 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 there's cases where they're floating on where where they find themselves floating off the ground and, and, and being, you know, moved forward. Like like they don't have a choice. 
Well, I don't mind telling you that as a child, maybe 12 years old, I, I recall having that sensation myself. And I remember, and, and this could have been just one of those, uh, they say that, you know how you can uh, fall asleep and suddenly you'll jerk and wake up real quick. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's, there's something like the opposite of that. I think they say your, 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 your brain was tired, but your body was not ready to go to sleep. And right. I don't know what the actual medical thing is, but there's the opposite of that where your brain is wide awake, but your body's exhausted. So your body falls asleep, but your brain, and you suddenly feel like you're paralyzed and you, you can't move, but you feel yourself like coming out of your body. And I felt myself floating down the mm -hmm. hall. And of course, for all the world, I thought I was being taken <laughs> or something was happening to me. <laughs> and, and then you think, no, it's just a dream. It's just a dream. But uh, it felt very real to me. You know, and that's happened to me more than once as a child. So I do think that Satan even tries to reach young people if he can. And he was probably because I did not grow up in a Christian home at all. And he was probably trying to entice me or pull me into some area because I could have easily been swayed to go into the realm of um, who knows black magic or something. You know? Right, right, right. The influence, it could have come from the wrong place. And I would have been a completely different person than I am. Sure. Because kids are impressionable. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So I think that um, it's it's possible that uh, when people are having these experiences there, there was an unwillingness for me to go. I didn't want to go. Whenever, whatever this was, I felt like it was a dream, but I felt like, no, I don't want to do this. And uh, but you felt helpless. So maybe there's something that ties into that. And then the ones that say, no, I go willingly. I'm, I'm, I want to be I want to meet them and, and shake their hands and whatever. Um, I, I wonder what's different about them. You know, why, what is, what's going on in their life and in their background? Uh, it would be an interesting study. It would be, you know what? Thank you so much. This has been a great show. It went really fast and I, I've learned so oh, much I, from you. Yeah. It's only, it's already nine 30 here. I yeah. Have no idea it went, by that it went fast. We blew right through. Because that was when you hit it off of people. Um, I'd like to get you on later on to talk more about this stuff. Maybe after you do some research on the dinosaurs or whatever, you know, so yeah. we can talk a little more about this subject. Because this is an absolutely fascinating subject, and I enjoyed having you on immensely. Well, thank you so much for having me, Charlotte. I appreciate you uh, letting me come share my thoughts with you. I will take up on that offer, and, and I'll okay. say to any of your listeners that – if there is somebody that's had an abduction experience, I would love for them to get in touch with me at utbnow.com. You can find ways to address, uh, send me emails and everything else, but it's easy to remember UTB, which is unlock the Bible now, now.com. So utbnow.com. And uh, if somebody wants to write me, um, I'll, I'll start compiling some research and see what I can learn. And maybe the next time I'll have that to share with you as well. Sounds good. Sounds great. Again, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You have a good evening, sir. You do the same, Charlotte. Take care. Yeah, okay. Thank you. All right. That, that was a fun show. And I want to thank all you guys for coming. I see Monica came in tonight. And I want to thank some people. This room has been, or this little area for me, has been almost three years in the making. And I have to thank my, I have to thank my mother. And I have to thank my sister because my sister saw me in here tearing out closet doors and everything to make this room. And it was kind of scary at first of what I was going to do, you know, and I have to thank Monica Funk, Monica Funk. If it hadn't been her for Monica, I wouldn't have had all my sound tiles in here and, and, and the mic I'm using and, and, and a few other things in here. So 
I have to thank a lot of people. Marisa Haynes, she puts up with my late night phone calls when, when I get my epiphanies about certain guests. And woo, guess who's going to be on the show? Guess, guess who I'm booking? Guess who I'm doing this with? So I want to thank you guys because I know like my sister took the doors off and it was like, well, what'd you do that for? And I was trying to explain what, you know, what I wanted to do in here. And, and all this was going on, you know, d during the initial, the, the, the initial teardown of the closet, the construction, because guys, I'm literally in a closet and it's not a, it's not one of those walk-in closets. It's just, it, 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 it it's a, it's a good size closet, which is fine. And I'm good with it. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. That was a great guest. I, I really enjoyed him. It makes you think. It makes you wonder about alien abductions. And you can tell, like, with the backdrop, with, you know, with the two of them, I, I didn't catch it because I had to zoom in. So I'm still trying to work out the, the glitches in here to make the show even better in here. But I'm really happy to be in here. I'm really comfortable in here. It's a nice little area to, uh, to work in and do this. Um, Wednesday, we're going to have a surprise guest. And I'm not going to tell you who, but uh, I'll uh, be releasing that tonight or tomorrow, so you guys can see who it's going to be. And it, it should be that should be a really really fun show and good show too. But I want like again, I want to thank everybody for watching. And um, if you could share this with your friends, four or five, that would be great because we're trying to get the word out about this show. And uh, again, you see that thing, that little ticker thing run, running below. And with that that little ticker thing. That's to donate some that's to donate somebody. I, I hate asking, but uh, this all comes out of my pocket to support this, and any little bit helps. So if you could donate to our PayPal. Also, I'm starting up a Patreon, and the Patreon is going to have really cool gifts for people that join up. And we're also going to be starting, I don't know officially which one of our team psychics I'm going to be utilizing to do this. Uh, we're going to be doing psychic readings once a month, and it'll be like eight to ten people that, that they read, and that's to to make some you know make some funding to support the show, and so I'll I'll, I'll get a price up on that. It won't be very expensive that you guys can get like a a five ten minute reading from one of our psychics, you know, either privately or you can do it, you know, we, we can set it up on on Skype where, where it's a multiple thing or or something like that, or even on here because I can go up to ten get ten people on here and you can come in and and whoever can can do the reading so just have that in mind that we're going to be doing doing that monthly to make some extra you know some extra money to, to support all this anyway i want to thank you all for coming and i will see you guys hang on a second i can't see the screen so you gotta bear with me i'm blind as a bat oh good i got the right screen and i want to thank you guys and i want to thank our guest that that, that was a fascinating show and i'm definitely going to have him on again because i want to talk to him about some other stuff but um Thanks, everybody, for coming, and I will see you Wednesday, and have a good couple days.